this is like a mixed margarita. All right, are we gonna do this? Oh, yeah, we're we are. We've already started recording, and you're drinking oh. mixed margaritas. So now the people know. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial <laughs> Therapy Podcast. I'm here with one of my favorite people, Miss Kristen. How are you? I'm good. I'm one of your favorite people. I never knew that. You definitely have. This is your third time on a pod, so I think the people now know. Yes. They know. They know. They and know. we also know you're drinking margaritas, so that's cool. You try to keep it on the low. You played yourself. And I don't have know. any ice, so it's kind of like, whatever. <laughs> What's a margarita well, without ice? Is it just like? No, it just should be chilled oh, a little more. Is it room temperature? No, it's chilled, but like it should have like, anyway, next okay <laughs> there's more important things going on in the world oh that's a nice segue i appreciate it. see you see how professional she is she's like chris this is enough with the, the small talk let's get to the, the matters at hand so you're the first person i've had on the pod since george floyd since all the stuff has kind of popped off and you happen to be of the white persuasion <laughs> why do you say <laughs> quite like that because it's hilarious you ever seen okay. family guy we're still always saying Cuckoo. No, I don't watch that. Well, you're missing out on one of the greatest shows ever. Also, one of the easiest gags to just talk about with regular people. It's like, you guys have any cool clip in the back? And they're like, what'd you just say? I have no idea what you said. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they were the people who know, know. And they know and they love. I said it at, uh, at IHOP one time, and the dude was like, family guy. I was like, yeah. He's like, we got some cool clip in the back. I was like, oh, my dude. It was a good moment. I gave him a nice tip. Well, what What are you saying? I'm saying cool, cool whip. whip. Oh, I got it right. Cool whip. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's not whip. It's whip. Mm. Just, okay. just like just like That whole thing. Okay. Okay. We're gonna circle back to this a little later. We're not but... going to. We're never gonna go back to this show. <laughs> <laughs> this will never come up again. Um, but. That's your persuasion. We've known each other for a long time. And I kind of wanted to get your perspective on all this because I'm a black dude. So I think most people more or less know where I stand. But we want to hear from our guests because this is kind of your pot too. Okay. Am I just supposed to like go off on all the white people? <laughs> no, no, you don't. No, you don't have to. This is not. Here's the thing. You've listened to the pod before. No, You've been uh, no, before. no, I know. Yeah. I know. But I want to go off on a lot of white people. You um, can do that. This is not a. We're about to bash white no, people pie. That's we're not just what we do. Bashing ignorance, right? Like there we should be bashing ignorance because any adult. Young adults, we can kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. They haven't had time. But any sure. adults, like, older than 25 should have um, the mindset to, like, educate themselves. Especially, like, you were talking about someone that you know that's asking very ignorant questions. But they are on a social media platform where white people can chime in and give their opinions. But, like, if the person truly cared and wanted to know things, they would reach out to you or reach out to other people um, that aren't white because clearly this affects the Latin community as well um, to get their opinion and get their feeling and what affects, how it has affected them and not just their friend, but their family, the people that their communities and stuff right. like that. It's, it's, it's very frustrating. <laughs> I like how people are like, is this is this Becky talking about frustration? <laughs> and that's not what you are, but somebody's watching us thinking that, and that's only yeah. Uh, 
song. I don't know what that means. Oh, you got this old Ply song. It's fine. But <laughs> I got to get you okay. up on culture. You're like, what's that? I was like, that's from like 2005. Um, okay, let's rewind. Like, I grew up in West Virginia in a small racist community. Okay. And so I probably wasn't exposed to a lot of stuff that sure. most people are. But still, someone like me that grew up in a town of 500, less than 500 people, all white, extremely mm. racist, um, I was able to educate myself and, like, and took it on myself to ask questions. Like, I'm sure I've asked you questions. Yeah. I'm sure I've, I can, like, think of one time that I said something to you, maybe, like, right after we met or the second time we met, <laughs> and, like, that offended you, and I didn't even understand that how it could offend you because it was just like a to me a playful joke because not because okay because I'm white and that's fine and a lot of white people have this problem of thinking like we have a handful of black friends or we have that friends with we grew we for me it was I made friends in college that were Mm African-American and so I know I could joke around with them to say certain things and as ignorant as I was and still am sometimes I feel like then that opened the door for me to say that to have those types of jokes with the entire African-American community who I became friends with not just anybody random but somebody that I became friends with and I think that happening with you was the first time where I was like oh shit and I can rewind and remember like my friend saying my other friends that I'm talking about are like, you can't go out in the world and say that to anyone else. Like you're cool with us. And I never understood that. till that moment that it happened with you. Mm-hmm. So, but like, you have to be able to educate yourself. You can't, and you can't ask social media stuff like, Oh, is this racist? Oh uh, yes. It's racist. Probably if you have to ask if it's racist. It's a weird time though, because everything we do is on social media. And so the idea that if I have a question about society, where do I take it? Most people bring everything to social media, things that should never be on social media, like legal stuff. It's like, we shouldn't know about this, bro. Like why is it on social media? Um, Breakup stuff, venting and like some profanity laced stuff, people using drugs in states where that drug is not legal. We take everything to social media. And so, the I- and so the idea of bringing ignorance to social, social media seems part for the course. That's basically how we live our lives now. That's like a lot of people, we talk about this pre-show, but a lot of people are posting yeah. and doing this whole virtue signaling thing to be seen by people. Like they, not because they don't necessarily feel that way, but they're, they're making sure that I want people to know that I'm, I'm here. Like I'm, I'm, an, I'm not just an ally, I'm a super ally. I care way more than everybody else and they're doing that for the press of it not necessarily for the benefit of the people and that's the consequence of being on social media i 100 percent agree with that but i think people that feel like they need not all but i feel like a lot of people that feel like they need to be super allies and post everything is because there's some guilt of something inside of them right like i feel like i'm an ally I feel like I always have been an ally to anybody that the underdog, right? I volunteer around the world, do nonprofit work. I wrote letters to, to our public officials about gay rights. Um, so I feel like I've always been an ally to the underdog, 
but I've never been the type to like want to scream it from the rooftops because mm. there was like a saying once, like, it's not what you do while the people are looking. It's what you do when nobody's watching or something like that. Right. And that's something that's always been a mindset for me. And I think a lot of people need to like stop and reach out to that friend that they have and just ask them questions because I don't, I would assume that if I were to reach out to you and ask you questions that could be super racist questions, like it could come off super racist, but I'm asking you privately and in genuine conversation that you would not be offended that I'm asking you about it, right? Because we're friends and that's the only way change happens, right? That's to change like normal people, not like legislation and stuff like that. Sure. But when you do that, it takes people like white people to sit down and have a conversation that have that now understand and say like, oh, yes, I want to push for this in legislation. And that comes with like our officials too. why aren't like white officials sitting down face to face and having those tough conversations because it's super fucking uncomfortable. How uncomfortable is it for me to sit here and look at you and say, I can almost 100% guarantee that I had family members in the KKK. Super fucking uncomfortable and to put put it to the world. But that's not who I am. And I'm also trying to educate myself and understand like, just because I come from that doesn't mean that's who I am. And I think a lot of people are scared to admit that they have those feelings because of where they came from, how they, how they were yeah. raised. But that's the only way we change people, right? Is to sit down and say, this is how I feel. Is this racist to their friend? Not the fucking social media because you have trolls and everyone else. And like, I'm not going to be nice to someone that says something that's, super racist it's like oh is this racist yeah it's fucking racist like that's what you're gonna get and then you're gonna get like an extreme angry african-american or latin person that goes off on that person which is rightfully so but that's not helping the situation either so i don't know i don't know yeah. where i was going with this but <laughs> i think you got some some good points in there um it definitely meandered a little bit but it's fine we'll we'll fix it in post <laughs> no you're fine we don't post any we don't edit i didn't anything, offend so. I, I don't want to offend you in any way but oh like, no 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 you're fine this is not this nothing you said in there is offensive i think this is the type of dude i am i can't speak on the world or and right black, of course and, and black people aren't no, a monolith so you can't just be like every black person feels like i do i'm a black dude from exactly. the south my dad's an immigrant like i'm we're fine yeah. anytime someone comes to me and they are asking real questions and they want real responses, then I'm, I'm not gonna be offended by it because your intent was legitimate. Like you came humbly, like, hey, I honestly don't know, help me out. Right. It's the same way guys, when they come to women, like, hey, is this harassment? If I say you look nice today or can I, can I touch your shoulder or should I, am I going to jail? Like those are, yeah. Because again, the climate has changed. So asking a question yes. is a real thing. But if you said something and then wanted forgiveness post saying it without seeking the knowledge in the front end, that's where we may have some discord where it's like, 
that didn't sound kind of weird in your head before you said it out loud, before I said something to rebuke it and then you came back, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. Like, that's where the conversation would be. If it's like, hey, I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet. My friends have told me this. Uh, Let me come to you with this. How do you feel about so-and-so? And And I'm not the authority on anything other than what I believe. So of course. This is so if you're saying, how do I be a better friend to you? Or what's your experience? Is it like what people are saying on TV and social media and stuff? I'll give you my story, my experience, and my black dude opinion, and then my more nuanced people opinion. And hopefully, if you're listening for real, and that leads to some better understanding, and then we can get closer and see where it goes from there. But I'm a thinker, and I'm a I, I'm from the South where my city was basically black or white. And so mm-hmm. the beauty of the South is that the racists typically paint themselves. Like they let, they let you know what they're about. And so we know where we stand. There's yeah. not a lot of mystery to it. It's when you move to like the more industrial type cities where you may be working next to somebody and never know they are. And they are. And they smile. Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, you look good today. And they go home harboring these thoughts and stuff. That's actually the scary part. The people who tell you, oh, we don't serve your kind here. Yeah, for hey, sure. Hey, say less, bro. I'll eat somewhere else. <laughs> like, don't let, don't let me get caught up in here and get shot. Like, I'm not here for the smoke. Yeah, but that so, shouldn't fucking happen. Like, it angers sure. me that, like, that people, like, like, ugh, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, like, angers my soul. Here's the thing, though. This is, I'm not unreasonable. As, as a person, we're all opinionated. We all think we're right. That's why we do what we do. I'm not unreasonable in the sense that if you're not from where I'm from and you didn't grow up the way I did, even if you read about it to some degree, experience is better than reading, right? Yeah. So like it's, you can, you can go to school and take African-American studies and be like, did you know in 19, so, 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 and start reading all facts and stuff and you'd be super knowledgeable about it particulars. It's almost like- yeah going to personal training school you can know how the body works but until you're training somebody then you don't know how to apply it my life is like training in that analogy i guess where i live being black and you say i study being black and so you don't you don't know it from the same angles you may know the facts of it you may know oh i can't say that in 1964 you had this law in 68 and yep but the experience is different so i never fault anybody for not knowing the experience i do fault people for not knowing basic stuff like basic things that you can just hey google what's the three-fifths compromise You're like i never even knew that was a thing and it's like well you should have because we learned about it in school also it's right. easily googleable <laughs> like easily it's not like you have to do some yeah. deep dive it's not some like the back of some book underground this is yeah. common knowledge type stuff and so yeah. those things bother me but the experience is the experience we're not getting black people aren't a monolith. So we all have, if you're a black dude from the suburbs, you grew up in Santa Monica and I grew up poor in the South. We don't have the same life. We have the same complexion. So maybe, maybe, so maybe they identify more with a white person from Santa Monica than they do from me, even though they're my color, but their experiences are probably different than that white person from Santa Monica because they're the color they are. Even if their mentality is not what mine is. Right. Exactly. It's not bad. Like it's, yeah. you're doing the right thing. I think you're, I never thought of you despite where you're from. It's like, oh, this girl's racist, whatever. I thought you were comfortable. <laughs> it's like, she's too comfortable when I, to the, you don't know me well enough to be as comfortable <laughs> as you are. And then we got cool and I was like, all right, 
because people will get comfortable with you. I think I don't know. If this is a trade of. I'm not gonna say this is a white thing. I think it's a. This is my personal thing. Again, I can't speak for everybody. Right. When people get too comfortable too soon, I I'm not I'm not with it. So if you know, so when I meet somebody new, it's like, yo, what's up, my brother? Totally. If I don't know you, I'm like, hey, nah, you know, <laughs> my brother, not today, is not. <laughs> Maybe two months from now when I know you, yeah. girl, but that's not our first interaction. Like, yo, give me some skin. Yeah. You're not, nah, I'm not here for that. I don't know you. Yeah. And I don't know where you may be coming at me from a weird angle, and my my guard is up. My spidey sense is like, mm, you too, you too comfortable. Oh my god, man, I love I love Black. Yeah. Have you seen Black AF on Netflix, bro? It's a great show. Okay. <laughs> Watch a lot of stuff. Did on that Netflix. actually happen to you? All this stuff has happened. This is all anecdotal. Oh, Jesus. I've been black my whole life. You think this stuff, these conversations ever come up? Like people That doesn't feel bad. I don't feel as bad then. I didn't bring up like a black TV show. But it's but it's <laughs> it's it can bring up a movie. Yo, I love Friday. Like, yeah. Everybody does. It's a great movie. <laughs> Yo, boys and it is. It is a great movie. I was talking about it. It's a great movie. Like it's it's yeah. easy to relate to. Hilarious. <laughs> Classic. People were saying Bob Felicia and that movie came out in 95. They were saying that in 2015. Like, what are we talking about? Oh, we've so, been talking about now. My cousin's name is Felicia. And we're always like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> Still. She's like, it's not funny anymore. We stopped doing that. <laughs> I was like, your name is Felicia for life, though. So. We got a shirt made for her that said, bye, Felicia. Yeah, they sold everywhere. Everybody had that shirt. It was very popular. No, we made a custom shirt for her. Oh, okay. Yeah. She can change her name or just embrace it. That should yeah, be her IG. That, that should be her IG. She name. likes it. Like by Felicia too. She's she's a TV personality, so it's her name. Nope. Yeah. Right with the moment. Shout out to her. Can't I don't know if she's gonna listen, she listen to this, but she's <laughs> she gonna listen to it and she can't post about it. <laughs> hey, is this your cousin? I don't know who that don't know who that racist white woman <laughs> is. I would never be associated with someone like that. You guys look exactly the same. Whatever. We don't all look the same. But no. so let me ask you, this is I'll move the conversation forward. Do you think we've had many instances of outbreaks, protests, anger, that whole thing? Do you feel like this moment we're in now is different than it was before? And if so, where do you think it's gonna go? I think it is different. And as much as sad as it is that so many people have lost their jobs because of like COVID and the pandemic and God only knows when people are going to get their jobs back. It was the perfect storm for something like this to happen. I like, it was, there's so many people that have nothing else better to do, but to march every single day for the next X amount of months, depending because, when it when are when are jobs going to go back to normal when are some of these people getting their jobs back never and there are a lot of young people who are activists and like as much as we want to talk shit as a millennial about the younger generation which i never have i'm just gonna put it out there um we got we got, we got the receipts we can find them <laughs> i'm pretty sure you said something <laughs> we got receipts say like, i didn't talk about generation like, I, I didn't even know. Okay, Generation Z. I don't understand Snapchat. So, like, my shit is like, I don't understand why you're posting. 
I don't understand this. Why do you want a picture to disappear? I don't post stuff that your parents don't understand. Anyway, we'll go back to like I'm pretty sure the they're real on TikTok part. Now, that the yeah. real. Oh fuck TikTok, yeah, that too. Um, You're old. Whatever <laughs> social media is, I have I have Instagram. Okay, that's all I have. Um, it's a time, and like I have to say, like the climate situation that kind of was bellying up and like people were being active about it and it was the young folks and this is just the continuation of more young folks that have and I have like the climate thing gave young people like the realization that they could protest and they could make change and they could start a ripple throughout the world and COVID came and now finally as sad as it is, like how many people have lost their lives? How many African-Americans have lost their lives since this has happened? Like three, four that I know of off the top of my head where I've watched like social media. Right. I'm sure there's more, but it's like, it's, it's happening. And as much as I hope that it doesn't stop, and I don't think it's going to like in my heart of hearts, I 100% believe that this is the reckoning that the U US needed, right? Because we all like to pretend like we're the greatest country in the world and everybody wants to come here, but it's not fucking great. It's not great for young people. It's not great for African Americans, Latinos, um, you know, even Middle Eastern people. It's not, it's not great for women. I just watched a video online where this young, I think brown girl got groped by a police officer and then she like tried to fight him off and then they all tackled her. Like, it's not a great place. And I think it's, it, it's, it's gonna happen. Like I'm not marching in the streets because I personally don't have healthcare right now because I moved to California to start a new job, which now I don't have. Um, but I'm definitely watching every day and promoting whatever I can online. Um, it's, I don't know where your question was, but like, it's, no, it's, it's going to change. Like it makes yeah. me want to run for office. It makes me, and as someone who's been super politically educated and I follow everything, but has always been like, I would never do that. It makes me want to like run for office and try to change stuff that as knowledgeable as I was on like uh, police brutality and like everything right. that, you know, you deal with on a daily basis. It's like thrown it back in my face and like, this is still happening as bad as it was like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And yep. the only way it changes is people like me stand up and do something. And as much as I don't want to be involved in politics, like if that's what it takes, like fuck it. Like seriously. It's I mean, it might so help. I don't know. Frustrating. I don't know. Nobody knows what the answer is. That's kind of what that's, that's the issue. But I had this thought and I don't know if it's like, like coherent enough for it to really make sense here. But so this is, it's a lot the way my brain works. I don't, I can't really control it. A lot of times it's whatever. That sounds kind of crazy, but it'll make sense. In this it's context. all right. Same here. Did you just hear me ramble? I heard okay. you. I heard you. We all did. <laughs> it was, it's like, is she still talking? No. Um, 
So the way my brain works is if I want to have a conversation with someone like you or a boss or like a job interview or whatever, my brain plays out multiple versions of the conversation to more, to more so prepare me for the answers I'm going to get back. So I'm more prepared for the okay. responses. Right. And I don't, I don't know how many times it's going to happen, but it does it pretty in-depthly. So when we have real conversations, I'm very rarely taken off, like off my square right. or whatever. And so I was having this conversation with just a random white dude at some point. And he was like, what's the issues? Yada, yada, yada. And I said, I equate this to being an alcoholic going through a 12 step program where the first step is you have to admit that you have a drinking problem. Right. And America's asking the question, how do we heal? Which is, I guess, step 12, but we haven't admitted step one yet. We haven't admitted that this country yeah. has a problem. And you're asking me, well, what's the solution? You're asking me step 12. We haven't done one yet. There's a yeah. very large sector of this country that doesn't think we have a problem at all. They think that you guys had Obama, everything's good. Um, you got like 10 black quarterbacks in the NFL. LeBron's the most expensive athlete. What are we talking about? You got it. So they haven't even admitted that there's a basic race issue, never mind brutality, never mind hiring practices, whatever. Just a basic race issue. We haven't even admitted that part. And then you're asking, how do we solve the race problem? <laughs> we can't skip the 12. We, have, we, have, we haven't done one. Then you have yeah. to make amends. And then you have to like, there's a whole process. But we have to do the first step first. Or else we don't go anywhere from here. No, and I think that's, that. so I don't know if that was a good like analogy or whatever. No, but, no, but it is. Because like mm. when you think, I don't know all the 12 steps. Because I, I don't either. I don't have a drinking <laughs> problem. I don't drink, you know um, that. <laughs> yeah, I tried. I know. Still would not drink. I almost, I almost got. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in those twelve steps, I know it's like going to the people that you have hurt and like have the conversation yeah. and deal with that. Mm-hmm. And that equates to like talking to your African American friends and your brown friends and and talking to them about the issues that you that you like the questions of like does like tell me like I feel this way like is Mm -hmm. this something wrong or like if I like that's part of a 12-step program you're 100% right like there are so many issues like issues of like how do we have people in congress who are racist they were voted there but that's I've always had this this question about like you're, you're you're more into politics than I am. I follow politics to a fair degree, and what I know is that incumbents very rarely lose in politics. They win like eighty percent of their seats. So once people get in office, they basically stay in office until they try to get a higher job, and maybe they don't get it, and they kind of end up out of office. It's rare you do one term and then get voted out, unless you do something really dumb, and then it's like, um, you stole money from the city, <laughs> you're out, <laughs> get up. Right. But generally, we vote people in because they say some stuff on a campaign trail. If they're uh, a representative is two years, senator is six years, and then they come from, they come yeah. from re-election. They haven't yeah. done what they talked about in their, when they ran. And this is on both sides. They didn't do what they said. Yeah. It would, we're oh, going to get jobs. And we're going to put teachers back to work and give them raises. And then they don't do those things. Then the year before they get elected, they do one little thing, do a bunch of photo ops and promise a bunch of new stuff and get elected again. 
and they just keep the cycle going. And so, and this is hundred yeah. percent. I don't mean to cut you off. That's so rude. Too late. You did. But <laughs> go ahead. I, I, I'm known to cut people off. Um, but that, but for me, like when I see that, and you see like people that have been in the Senate for like thirty plus years, like mm. we'll call him Moscow Mitch because that's my favorite name for him. Okay. Um, people <laughs> like that. Um, but I think it starts. Number one, I don't ever remember being educated, maybe because I grew up in West Virginia in a small town. I don't ever remember being educated on like politics and like the importance of running for city council. And if you love your community and you want to do great things in your community and your surrounding areas, and this is like, I feel like this should, this is so important that you should educate kids coming out of school. Um, because a lot of kids don't have the opportunity to go to college. And if you don't have the opportunity to go to college and study political science or all this stuff, like I studied fashion, you think I learned anything about politics and fashion? No. Learn about those inseams though. Inseam game is on point. (laughs) (laughs) But still like it starts like in the city level and it starts there. And if we can make people realize that if, if, you pay attention to that then then it I feel like in my opinion it will it will um like I don't know ignite a fire to be like oh if I can change this in my community I need to pay attention to like the state representation Mm. because if I paid attention to this and I went out and lobbied for my local congressperson or my local city councilman right like when was the last time you heard somebody be like, I'm so excited that this person's running for city council and I'm going to go and knock doors. It's not, but that's the most important thing because when you talk about policing and it's in the County, right? It's your County commissioners and your sheriff and at least in my area, um, you know, electing a sheriff is kind of like the only thing that really matters in a town that's unincorporated with like less than 500 people. But Like those are the important things. And I think if we can start there, um, I think it can make people realize, oh my God, like like Flint now has a African-American woman, hell yeah, mayor <laughs> for the first time in history. Like that's like two, two fucking notches on the belt, like in one quick swoop. But that's what needs to happen because now you have someone who understands your, um, what's the light? word I'm looking for? A, yeah, your story. <laughs> I got like you. <laughs> your, and also understands me, which is amazing. Understands like what women feel like to be discriminated against and stuff like that. It's like a bonus for every woman and African-American person in Flint, Michigan, which hopefully they can start passing legislation and going through and fixing the water crisis, right? They they don't have clean water yet. No, that's why I'm saying, but Mm. like, now we have someone who is representation of the community, right? Um, But that's where it needs to start. And yeah, like I would love to kick out every white racist person and let's be honest, not just white people are racist. Oh no, There's everybody's racist. racist. And every, right. Yeah, everybody's racist. Um, but it has to start somewhere. Like, And I think it starts at the ground level. We need to educate our kids, but that goes back to 
education and how education is fucking terrible. And then the African-American communities, it's even worse. Any of the right. poor white communities, like I grew up in really, really bad. Um, but yeah, I don't I had know a, where I was going with this. I had, a, I had a thought while you were talking. And yes. I don't, I hope this is not like, like tangential. Well, I hope so. Um, I hope this isn't tangential to what you were saying. It felt like it connected, but I think the connection has been. I wonder if we try to do too much at one time in this country and we're just bad at multitasking and that we need to, because we need to do one thing at a time because we were, it was a Time's Up Me Too movement and then that we really didn't talk about black or whatever the issues. Then COVID happened and that wiped everything else out. And then this is happening. We have not spoken about COVID in two weeks. I haven't heard anything about women rights. We just, we go from thing to thing, but we haven't solved anything along the way. We just address it. We put a little spotlight on it and then something new and flashy comes along and then we switch it. And I'm wondering if it was like, if you were doing something around a house, if you were painting a house or whatever, you would finish a room, not paint one panel of the room, switch rooms, paint one, live room, paint one wall, and then go back because the house would never be finished. You would finish a room. That room is done. Cool. Next room. This. Next room. Next thing you know, the house is done. We've been trying to paint this house in America, but we only spend 10 seconds in each room. It's like, hey, gay rights. Hey, trans rights. Hey, black rights. Hey, hey, let's change the voting district. Hey, the electoral college. Are we going to get rid of that? Don't know yet. Go back to this room. And we just keep bouncing around and we just won't solve or I'm solve maybe the wrong word. We won't allocate the resources necessary to really address one particular thing. And as a result, I, we have slight progression in a bunch of things, but nothing is solved. That and, is like that should be the US motto, to be honest <laughs> with you. Because if you look at history, that's the way it is. Like because when white people do things, it's like we just need to make ourselves feel comfortable enough to white men to feel comfortable enough that I did something and let's move on to something else and not enact real change but some but but I feel like this is an opportunity and it's a time that I feel like real change can come because I may be a privileged white woman right but it doesn't but it doesn't blind me from seeing that i will never have equal rights if they're not allowing you to have equal rights because who's like it's who's controlling all of us i hate to say it it's the white man but it is like (laughs) i hate to say it and then you immediately said (laughs) that's why i don't date white men to be honest with you i don't want to say it (laughs) But I'm like, we all heard, we heard you say it, yeah. But but it's the same thing, right? Like, I don't feel like like things are equal. I feel like I definitely have a leg up, and I'm privileged in so many different ways. But I still feel like when I look at a white guy, I look at him, and I'm like, he's definitely making more of me, more than me. If I'm working the same job, mm-hmm. that's not fucking equal. I can only imagine how an African-American woman feels because if I feel the way I feel when I look at a white man doing my job, doing the same job as me making less and I'm making less money than him, 
she's definitely making less money than me and she's probably twice as educated as me. Mm. Like I, my brain has always just been like, I don't understand how we can't see equality and see like, like you're just as valuable as me and that we should all be treated equal. And for the longest time I said, I don't see color. I don't see race. And then I heard someone say something or I was listening to a podcast or someone. Yeah, something. I never liked that, by the and, way. <laughs> right. right. And, and they mentioned that. And I was like, it's so true because like in my eyes and in my heart, I don't, but it doesn't mean that I can't see the inequalities that you face and other people face. And, and to be as, I'm going to use a word that sounds really funny coming out of my mouth, as woke no one wanted that no one needed that no one wanted that what a disaster that Let was I mean, educate okay as okay okay as educated that's such a better word i feel like i He's, yeah yeah yeah. because okay. that's i sound more educated as educated as i feel like i am on situations i will never understand what you face daily i will never understand what anybody that's not white like what they face on a daily basis and and i think having those tough conversations and having someone tell me like i hate when you say that like everyone sees color and you need to understand it like it made me feel like oh my god like but i'm yeah. but I'm not racist i'm not racist and i'm not like i'm not those type of white people like I need to hear that. People like me need to hear that because people like me who are on your side, who are fighting for you, who want to stand next to you, stand in front of you when it comes to like facing cops as a like, that's my like sort of like um, how I see like I want to stand in front of you to protect you, but also to be like we stand with you. And, you know, that's sort of like how I like a metaphor or something i don't know okay. um it's the alcohol the margarita um, is hitting extra hard <laughs> yeah. um but that's that's how i feel so but i realize that that's not truthfully the way you should say that or that you know it's Everybody sees race. Everybody sees it's how you acknowledge it, how you educate yourself about it, how you respond to the situations. Because I know plenty of people that aren't racist, but the moment they see some shit going down that isn't okay with an African American or Latina, like they'll turn the other cheek. Me, on the other hand, I'm slightly aggressive and probably go to jail for like jumping on the back of a police officer but yeah i, I got you i, I was oh. gonna make a point and um i got lost then you lost it because i was rambling you should just cut me off and be like great point next why well because i don't know where your point's gonna go so like if your brain is like wow. mine you may just ramble into something gorgeous and it will be stumble into something amazing. <laughs> and if, if, I, if I cut you all, like, oh, you, you, you're done. I'm not going to Kanye West you. Like we already saw how that went. <laughs> so yo, Chris, I'm let you finish. But uh, <laughs> no, I was, I, I you was, can just do the, this whole thing. Like, 
like the, the wrap it or up touch, thing. Or, touch your nose or chin or something yeah i'm not a catcher i'm not giving out baseball signals or whatever um mm-hmm. i don't know what i was gonna say it was in regards to perception something like that you really threw me off i'm not gonna lie to you like i was like halfway through your your diatribe i was like i got it I know exactly where to ask the next question and then you kept going. I was like, I don't know if that's the right place to go anymore. Yeah, you can, you can go there. No, no. Well, I don't remember where I was uh, going. <laughs> Not that like, well, I don't well, know if it's maybe, maybe hopefully you'll, hopefully, hopefully that you'll remember, but I'm going to share a story that I heard from my grandmother. Okay. Um, so my aunt is in her late 50s. When she was young, she married a African-American man and had a beautiful little baby who is my cousin, who I love dearly. And we had such a close uh, relationship growing up. Mm. Um, she got a divorce. That guy married another guy, got divorced again, married this other guy who was like 20 years her junior, um, which we all thought was kind of weird. And he's the stereotypical like ex-military guy that's like, I'm macho. You can feel his racism spewing off of him, even though he doesn't mm. speak it. The way he speaks, it's like undertones of racism. The way he just talks, I think, like right. maybe a lot of people like talks know down to people. Yeah, and just like Ooh. the way he said, yeah. Um, and in my area where I grew up, like that's socially acceptable, right? Um, it's just kind of a way of life. When I met him, super uncomfortable. And I saw my aunt and my aunt used to be the punk kid that went against reform and was like, I'm making like, we're going to fight for everybody's rights and stuff like this. And slowly I started seeing her change. So recently I heard from my grandmother that she posted something in support of the police officers on Facebook. Like the the four in this incident or police officers in general, because those, that's a big gulf between the two yes yes police officers in this instance that we're talking about okay and my cousin who has two children that are i guess like you can consider like a one four african-american at this point because he's a half so i guess mm-hmm. that's the way it works mm-hmm. um saw her post this in support of those police officers and said that like Something about they did nothing wrong. She supports them and this and that. And my cousin went off. And I was and was like, I don't want anything to do with my my mother anymore. I want her to remove all our pictures and this and that. And I told my grandmother, who is a five, barely five foot tall white lady, who has always been inclusive and everything. And that's where I think I get my little, my spirit of inclusivity from. Mm-hmm. Um, I told her I was like grandma you have to know like you her husband is racist and as much as you see somebody who is strong in their views and isn't racist or isn't homophobic or whatever if you put them in a situation with a human that they fall in love with or whatever but I really feel like it's only because he's 20 years her junior um that she was like yeah (laughs) ages ain't nothing but so at least, right. uh, yeah. um, can slowly chip away at your views and what you believe in to the point where you can look at your own child and say, police brutality isn't real. 
when your child has been racial profiled since he was a teenager driving a car in town and getting pulled over and getting pulled out of his car and his car being searched when he was like 16 years old. And this is a memory that I have that I'll never forget that I think was the first moment in my life that made me realize like there was a difference between him and me because I never felt like we were different. He was my cousin. He's my blood. He was like one of my best friends growing up. And when I heard that story it was my moment of like, no, we're different. People look at him differently than me. And she knows this has happened to him. So it's fucking terrible. I actually remember what I was going to say now. I'm very happy. Look, it, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and I You're came welcome. Back. You didn't do anything. <laughs> You'll get any credit for this. I was, you, you asked a question maybe like 10 minutes ago about why can't, people see people equally that why can't we just be equal that's on part of me feels like that's utopian and that we'll never be there but that's the cynic in me so maybe we need to get into that part but i was trying to, i was trying to find some logic in it because i don't think because racism is it you're not born with it it's taught to you right so my thinking as we were talking and i never really thought about this until we were talking even though we didn't talk about this was that on some level of self-preservation because the more inclusive you are, let's say there's a certain job that typically hires white people only, right? So if you're a white man going for the job, you have a really high chance of getting it because that's what they hire. And then they start letting more women, more blacks, Latinos, Middle Easterns, Asians into the community. That means there's less opportunity for you to get that job now. You're in more competition, there's more people going for it. And so it's not, I think, they're less than me. It's that if we let them in, they could take a job from me. That's why people had a, such a big issue with affirmative action back in the day, because it was like, you're giving a spot to someone else that I feel like I deserve more than them because my GPA is 0 0.1, 0 0.2 points better than theirs. So as a meritocracy should go, I should have more. And then the country is like, we're trying to make up for lost time. People use the race analogy. And I don't mean like skin race. I mean like a race race where it's, right. This country, basically like whites and whatever people, got a head start, and then we started running at the same speed. And people say, well, we're both running at 20 miles an hour. It's like, yeah, but you started running two seconds before me, so I'll never catch yeah. up to you. <laughs> so we can never be equal unless you slow down or there's a way to accelerate me forward, And which right. is where hiring the, the Rooney Rule in football, which I know you don't watch football like that, but that's a big thing for hiring coaches and all that. Affirmative action quotas and that kind of thing that's designed right. to try to accelerate the process to catch up just if we're absolutely. moving at the same speed but the people who put these practices in motion are the people who are ahead in the race and so on some level my cynical brain is thinking they'll accelerate it and move you closer but they'll never let you catch them and so we'll never be at that point women will never be equal blacks will never be equal latinos will never be we'll just be less unequal going forward but the way equality works is that it's never going to be enough to be less like let's say you guys get paid 30 cents to the dollar that i get paid if we knock that down to 15 that's a big improvement that's half right but you won't be happy until we're paid the same but if i'm the person that gets paid more what incentive do i have to give you the same like right you get what i'm saying like so it's like we'll bridge the gap hey we gave you obama then we followed it up with trump We'll give you these black quarterbacks, but basically every coach is going to be white. Every GM is going to be white. We'll give you LeBron, but 
we're gonna like make it so that his agent can't have other people like it's like we'll give you but then we'll like try to suppress it it's like a give take kind of thing it's not going to be let's push everything to the to the center Um, no absolutely and i think like I feel like even as a woman, I feel like sometimes men, like white men, I can feel them. Like if you see a woman doing better than you in a position, it's the same thing. Like they don't want a woman to do better than them or to have more opportunity than them. Like it's the same thing with African-Americans. Like my only hope to change that is to have amazing people that who cannot be denied right like you have LeBron James and you have other athletes and other people who are incredible at what they do that can't not be denied who start to foster opportunities for young African-Americans young Latin people who are like I'm gonna own I'm gonna invest money and once I retire and own you know 51 percent of of a football franchise or whatever, when we're talking about sports analogies, cause I know you yeah. love those and, love and have a say <laughs> and say like, no, we're hiring the best people who are African-American, you know, like that's the only way that I can see things changing. And as sad as that sounds like, yeah, you can give like a hand up to people, but the, but, maybe not in our lifetime or maybe when we're old and gray it'll slightly change i feel like younger generations and will change but still like you have to understand like like wealth like family wealth who owns these organizations they're not going to bring in like a young hip super smart white guy who is all about equal rights and shit to run their organization who has a say and that's not who they're hiring they're hiring their children who who invest in themselves and their wealth and that's just what's going to happen as shitty as it sounds like that's that's what's gonna have to happen like i hope that you know you have super smart you know, African-American entrepreneurs that have opportunities from like LeBron James or like other wealthy African-American people who will invest into them and other white people who invest that are wealthy that invest in fostering um, African-Americans and their ideas and their creativity and bringing them on board. But like, gotta be honest, like I have no faith in the white man to like do that. So it's I real think, shitty to think that way, but I think I think they'll do it. This is, I'll say this, and then we can kind of start wrapping. My basic they'll, ad. They'll do it if they're going to make more money, more money than they would otherwise. That was well. You just stole my thunder, so I appreciate that. Sorry. Thank you. you. You said I don't want to cut you off. You cut me off. You took the glory, and then you were like, "My B." No, <laughs> I'm sorry. There That's I fine. am. My white. My white privilege puts me no i'm just it's coming out on front street but that's basically the adage is yeah you always you always follow the money i always follow the money and so the reason that you allow lebron to do what he does is because he increases your franchise by 300 million by being on a team yeah. right like it's just his presence and you you said it and i think you don't even know if you like were aware that you said it the way you said it to do that you have to be extraordinary 
you have to be an extraordinary black dude. Like it's, I always talk to people who don't like Obama and my dad and other people don't, and that's when whatever. But like, as a dude, like it's hard to like, he's like unimpeachable. Like as a guy, like you're right, like Harvard, married, like swag or whatever. It's like as a candidate, you compare him to other candidates who ran before him, the John Kerry's, you can even get into Hillary thing, which is a whole bag. You can get into like John McCain, whoever, the people he was running around. His his thing, if he was just a dude, if he was a male uh, Lindsey Graham, a male Amy Klobuchar, whatever, like he would just be Cory Booker, somebody kind of like that. He would just be, yeah. dude, maybe he's qualified, maybe not, but he doesn't do anything. He had to be, as a dude, his, his whole thing was hope. And people were like, I believe in this guy. But you got to be somebody that people need to believe in. People believe in LeBron. They believe in Steph and Serena and Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and, like they, and Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Like they believe in them, so they're allowed to do what they do. But yeah. you have to be extraordinary to galvanize belief. You can't be <laughs> – who said this? I want to say Patrice O'Neill said this. He said, I don't know we're equal – when you can be super successful as a mediocre black dude. No, a hundred, like for sure. One hundred percent. And it was such a, it was such a scathing and like just very, cause there's some very average, you say white people that are doing tremendous stuff. And it's like, are you talented? Like what, no. who are you to be at this level? There's certain people, the Tom Cruise type people, well, Tom Cruise is, is extraordinary at what he does. He's a movie star. I mean, that's, I don't think I, I don't like his movies, and I would that's fine. not think they, that they make a ton of money. He does his oh, own yeah, stuff for sure. He's a he's a movie star. There's no one who's like who's Tom Cruise. Everyone knows who Tom Cruise is. He's a movie yeah. star. He does. Tom Hanks is a movie star. He's a dude. He's been yes, 30, Tom, 30 years. And, yes, thirty years strong. I put I put movies up. That's what I do. But there's some yeah. white people you see. You're like that guy's in another movie. Again, that dude, and he's like the love interest. He's who someone in Hollywood is obviously trying to like make a star. You're just like, mm-hmm. but that's it's a very bit basic statement. When we can just have mediocre black and Latin and Asian people be at the level where it's like A list, B list type celebrity people, people who run multiple businesses, people who are CEOs who may have gotten in through some nepotism, may have just you know, been around a company to just be average and still be at a high level. Yeah. Cause it does feel like whether it's true or not is, you know, whatever it does feel no, like. But it, 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 no, it's a hundred percent true. I can think off the top of my head, at least 10 mediocre guys, white dudes that get in and are, are like have way more money than they should and are questionably smart. Like, are you smart? How did you go to school? But for sure, it's it's there, and I hundred percent agree with like, yeah, you can be a mediocre anyone, and like African American, Latin, a woman, Asian, to, to, to be to be yeah. a me to be a mediocre woman. Like I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I can. Megan Fox was definitely mediocre, and they put her in a lot of great movies. She wasn't mediocre <laughs> looking though. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you that. You know yeah. Like mediocre looking, I don't know who a mediocre looking actress is. Somebody who you see and you're just like, oh, that's just that's just so and so. When Megan Fox was in Transformers, yeah. I remember because I was in high school. I think she when I came out, really hot. I was, was my, all the guys. My, 
all the guys talked about her. I'm a big Shia LaBeouf fan, actually. I wanted to see it because I think he's talented. He's mm-hmm. whatever. I think he's a talented actor. I'm a fan. So when I saw he was in it, and I like Bumblebee because Bumblebee is that dude. So, you know, I'm not, the white girls aren't, whatever. So my dude's like, yo, man. <laughs> what? White girls aren't your thing? Is that what <laughs> and then I was like, yo, Megan Fox, son. And I was like, listen, I sat back and I was like, all right, she's, she's, she's not average. She was definitely, and she was like 21 when that movie came out. So that was like, I got why she got the role. But right. if that was, you know, a lesser person, maybe with less acting experience, whatever, whatever. And she was competing with someone equal who's Latin or whatever, who was going for the same role, who went to yeah, like Juilliard sure. or studied in Oxford. And it was like this really trained actress. And it was like, yeah, you got the chops, but she's got the lips and we're going to go with that one. Then it's like, that's when yeah. we're kind of at an equal state, but that's we're not true. there yet. Anyway. Um, yeah. So we're going to wrap up. Uh, where can people find you? You said you're on Instagram. I know they can't find you on TikTok or Snapchat <laughs> because you're 104. <laughs> and no one can find you. I'm still looking good. <laughs> yeah, listen, you're a beauty. I've, I've been in quarantine for what, like three and a half months now? Five listen, months? Listen, you're you a above average looking century woman. Like, as far as grandmas go, crushing it. You, you at the Mahjong tournaments is turning heads. You just like. Here's the thing, ladies tips, tips, tips. Don't have kids and be single for a very long time. Is your is your is your is your is your man in the room? Do you want to? I see him very very um, not very often. I should say because very often it's not the word. Um, but he's also younger than me, ladies. But not like twenty years, just a few. Just know this is going out to the people, so you just make sure you want to be held responsible for what you're saying right now. No, that's fine. Like I okay. been, I was single for like thirteen years, and then I found a young guy who's successful and busy. So. Uh, where can people find you we have not answered the question yet oh, <laughs> oh you can find me i guess you can find me on instagram at kristen.chucky yeah but you guys don't know how to spell my last name so it's fine <laughs> are you going to tell them or are we going to just wait in suspense <laughs> oh um it's on the screen C-H-U-C-C-I. oh it's on the screen yeah it's right there see it yeah is this how we do it right there but see? but if they're listening to it though they don't they can't see it Oh yeah, so it's Kristen K R I S T I N dot C H U C C I. That's Chucky, not Coochie Choochie or anything. It's Chucky, like Chucky gotcha. Cheese, for sure. Thanks yeah. for having me. Listen, I hope I didn't offend anyone. If I did, um, well, we'll find out. <laughs> They'll hit me up like, yo, I don't like that girl. I'm like, well, you know, hit her up. I don't on mean Instagram. to offend. I don't. I don't mean to offend anyone. I just. I don't. Th- yeah, I don't speak think my do. truth and if. I offended you. I apologize. If you're a white person, I offended you. Go fuck yourself. If I'm African American, <laughs> please tell me what I said that offended you. I appreciate comments, and I'm always trying to do better. So, well, listen, that's a good sentiment to end on, guys. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. We are now on Spotify, as you know, and Spotify. Yeah. Oh, so we oh, 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 we out here, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it. We on Spotify. <laughs> Uh, the Apple Podcast app, and we're going to be on YouTube soon because uh, I talked to my my boy today. He was like, "You got to be on YouTube, man, increase your presence." Good thing I got good lighting. Yeah, that's why I was like, "Do you want to be held responsible for this?" But you roll with it, so we're good. Uh, we'll be on YouTube soon. I'll let you guys know what the channel is and all that going forward. But for now, Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Unofficial Therapy Podcasts. Tell your friends, subscribe, listen, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time. Deuces.